forgot to hit record earlier. So whoever tuned in for the first five minutes, you got the exclusive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're, we're, we're actually recording now, but can I give a couple of shout outs to some of my favorite websites at the time? Oh, don't get in trouble. Oh, tell wow. us about the virus sites, Kyle. <laughs> uh, can we give a shout out to Mediafire.com, Tom? Wow. Media Fire, man. They hooked me up back then, man, with my MP3s. <laughs> uh, 4shared.com. Does anyone remember 4shared? I remember 4shared. How do you think I did my album reviews? At this point, I was just starting to do the blog thing. I would do them like two or three days early. <laughs> and, then, and then we can't forget about zshare.net. Ugh, Zshare. Z-share. The um, STD of the streaming world. <laughs> Be careful where you're clicking. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Well, guys, 2007, like I said, this was a, to me, this was probably the last great, great, great year for R&B. I was just speaking to Darius, a good friend of ours. Uh, He was an A&R at a major label at the time, and he said 2007 was the last year that they really had big, big budgets. And I think you can tell from a lot of these albums. I'm going to start with this first one here, Alicia Keys. This was her third album. Yep. She had those two great ones, first and second one. This third one, she delivered. She delivered that trilogy that uh, that's so hard to do. Yep. I Tom, know, I know you love this one. <laughs> Ed, come on. I give this album a classic. Good. And wow. I just remember the anticipation I had. Maybe it's not a classic. Maybe it, I'd probably give it a 4.5. I wouldn't give it a 5, but just so you know, well put together. I felt like sequenced well. The sound was a bit unique for me, and I really liked it. I felt that was her best album, in fact. And I know Ed doesn't agree, but for me, that's how I put it. Well, um, we've talked a lot of times on these um, podcasts, Tom, about my Kings and Queens of R&B posts that I wrote for the 2000s a couple of years ago. And for the queen of this year, I put Alicia Keys for the very fact this album. It's not my favorite Alicia album, but you cannot mm. deny the impact that she had. She was by far the standout R&B artist this year. I mean, it was a great year for Robin Thicke as well, even though his album came out the year before. He had some great singles that kind of went through it. We'll talk about Neo a little bit later, but I think that Alicia was the one that was for the running show. And I felt like this this album, Alicia went even more pop than the second album with, with no one, but it seemed to work like no one's not my favorite song, but even some of those other songs on the album, it was different elements, but it worked. It worked for that time. Or in yeah. that time. And unfortunately, I feel like she's been trying to make that work again and again and again, and we ain't got there yet. But for this, I feel like this is the pinnacle of her mainstream success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a couple of artists who were very promising in 2005, 2006, they came back with their sophomore albums, Trey, Neo, Keisha Cole. And I mean, just thinking about that man like artists nowadays new artists they get one album and they're they're done but they were able to deliver the second time around if it was not the same level it was even bigger like that's crazy yeah i mean look what you're just saying about budgets and labels having the ability to invest in these artists and you see akisha who had like a great debut album i thought it was great and was able to take it up another notch with this one and i still don't think she's topped it Trey, he was another artist that had some potential that kind of capitalized on this one as well. And you saw the big things he did in 2009. So it was a good growth year for a lot of these artists. And don't forget our boy, Bobby V, special occasion album. I'll never forget when it came yeah. with that Timbaland produced single. Like back then, you could get a Timbaland song from your label, you know, and that was a, a really good song, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Keisha Cole, that second album, amazing. Like, I don't even know, like, so many big singles. Like, I just remember, guys, 2007, every single she was putting out, whether it was the Missy record, I remember, which is, like, top five saddest song of all time. Heaven Sent, great song. Yeah. Like, just how big that era was. Like, we don't see eras like that anymore. No, and not only that, the album cuts. That yeah. is for a reviewer like me. I got to get more than the singles. And that album has so much meat on the bone. Because when I can go through the singles and still pick out tracks that are tremendous, that never make radio, you know you got a good album. Keisha did her thing. Absolutely. And, and Tom, I got to give you this one here. Uh, Neil's second album, I know how much you love the first one. The anticipation for this one, like, just bring me back to that moment for that second album for you, because oh, I know you love the first one. That was a day one purchase for me. I'll be the first to admit. Wow. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> anticipation was there. Like I said, you just wanted to see what he was going to come with. I really liked the first single. So once I heard that, I knew I had to pick up the album and I was not disappointed at all. I really liked that one, too. Mm -hmm. uh, so much to talk about. Tom, I'm going to throw this to you first. Ed, I, I think you remember this, but do you remember there was a time when major labels had this massive trade? It was fabulous for mm. Music Soul Child. It was a trade between Def Jam and Atlantic. Music ended up going to Atlantic. And Tom, that was his first label on Atlantic, Love and Music. I felt like this album sounded different than the albums that he put out on Def Jam. They definitely tweaked the sound a bit. I don't know if you noticed that, Ed, but it really felt like he was more... R&B, straight up R&B as opposed to soul. Like he calls himself hip hop soul, which yeah. was evident at the time. But this one felt more pure R&B at times to me. I don't know if you felt that too. I felt it. And I know this album is, I don't know, Some in some spaces of the internet, some people are in about it. Some people love it. I'm on the side of loving it. I think I this is probably his most underrated album. Yeah. Actually, I think Music and the Magic kind of underrated too, but that's a combo for another time. Mm -hmm. But I really like this album. I think that the sound, the direction, the change in the sound was different, but it worked. It didn't seem awkward. It just seemed like a, a evolution in the right way. So yeah. I liked it, and this is another standout of the year for me. And Tom, I've been waiting since... 2007 to, to talk about this with you i didn't even know you then but i have a beef with that music soul child album uh -oh, oh what, Lord, what, what now happened? if you guys remember lloyd's street love album and that's another sophomore album we didn't talk about but lloyd's street love album came out that very same day and they mm. were competing for the number one spot on the billboard 200 which is kind of crazy to think about now because R&B albums don't even go to like number 100 on the Billboard. Yeah. It happens. Um, but I read an interview where Irv Gotti said the reason why Murdering didn't make their massive comeback is because music blocked Lloyd from getting the number one spot. <laughs> what? He said that? Yes, I've heard beautiful. this before. This is your boy, Kyle. Add it again. <laughs> that is but, unbelievable. What does music uh, have to do with any of this? They just needed the number one spot, and then they could say they were back. But oh, that Lloyd album, too, if you guys remember, that was around the same time as Hurricane Katrina. So Lloyd actually had to make this album and put it out to support his family. Like, this was his means of income. So Damn. he delivered on that one. That was that was a great one. Was this the You and Get It Shawty album? Exactly. Yeah, yep. that was uh, that was a pretty good one. And I remember, I it's coming back to me, I remember this. And I remember the whole Hurricane Katrina drama that came around with it. 
My man Lloyd has hustled for a long time, so you mm-hmm. cannot question his grind. Yeah. Yep. Now, little DS, I'm just going to go into the comments really quickly. He said, 07 was a good year. It had a new R&B sound. Did you guys find that as well? 07 was a new sound for R&B? Um, I feel like it was an evolving sound. It wasn't as drastic as we would hear, like, 09 and going into the 2010s. It was like, what is this? But it was a it was kind of like one of those years that I call kind of like a bridge year where it sounds a little bit like the old and a little bit like the new. And we haven't quite got there yet, yeah. but you could tell the movement was coming. Right. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence said 2007 was the year R- uh, Rihanna left R&B and became a full pop singer. Uh, <laughs> Let I me don't... tell you about your girl, um, Derek. <laughs> she was always a pop singer. Yeah. I mean, S.O.S. Wasn't that a pop single? Yeah. Sorry to break it to y'all. She <laughs> always was. Great, but great. to your point, she did like get solidified that year. Well, she great. did become a pop star, I Correct. would say. You yeah. know, and they finally class they love to call everyone R and B. And she finally got anointed, it felt like, into pop. Yeah, um, I agree. Oh seven was that was when Umbrella came out. Ugh, don't that? remind me. <laughs> that song still haunts my dreams. <laughs> Yeah, they they tried to sell that one as an R&B song, and I was like, hmm, not quite. But I wake up in cold sweats to just Ella, 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 stop. Chris Brown dropped the sophomore album, another one where he had such a massive following on his first album, delivered it on the second. And guys, Mary J. Blige, Growing Pains. Tom, you like to call this the Neo album. Uh, I think you called it that. What we all can agree on about this album, though, was I felt like it was Mary J's last very good album. Honestly, she's a you know she's a legend, has plenty of classics under her belt, but that was the last one I found myself really, really, really liking. Not to say she hasn't released good music since then, but as a full body of work, I was that's that's what I I think you guys might agree with me. Yeah, I think it's underrated. I do think. I mean, I I remember when I ranked her albums, I. I think I gave it a four. It's a pretty strong album. I do like My Life, too. And mm-hmm. I know I'm in the minority. <laughs> I think that one's better. But I do think that this is a good one. And it is kind of like kind of that old Mary sound. We kind of like the last vintages of that before she kind of did some different stuff. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. And then a couple of artists, they had disappeared for a minute and they came back. Kelly Rowland, we know about her debut. It had a very diverse sound to it came back with miss kelly definitely more of an urban sound mm-hmm. tank came back after many many years and so mm-hmm. did robin thick he cut off the jesus hair he's <laughs> a little shorter now yes um, completely was, remade like of those three because i know kelly was doing destiny's child in between those two albums like were you guys checking or excited for them when they were coming back with these albums because it felt like because especially at that time if you're gone for like three years it's like forever yeah, and we didn't have social media to have a person constantly in your face yakking all the time. So it felt like they took a break. But yeah, for all of these, I copped all of them. I thought they were all good. And I think the one I was most intrigued by was Robin because a lot of people missed his debut and they thought this was the debut because this is the breakout. And I was really positive with the direction he went. I know my wife was a huge fan of the original album. She didn't like this one as much because it was so different. But I really like the evolution. Ah, look what I did there, the evolution. And mm-hmm. this was the album where he really broke out. But don't forget, guys, this was still, like, prior to really social media blowing up, Instagram and Twitter. 
and artists couldn't just become an indie sensation overnight. They couldn't go to SoundCloud. This was way before that era. Yeah. So we really still had a set number of artists who we were keyed in on. So yeah. it's not like it's not like they forgot about someone if they disappeared. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the label was sure to pump out that single. So you remember very quickly. And it was it was kind of like that. It wasn't like it is now. Yeah, it's just a whole different era. We hear now where people are like, oh, you got to drop something in a year. Or you were forgetting about you or you fell off if you haven't dropped in a year. They, they didn't work like that. We were mm-hmm. used to artists taking time off, coming back strong, being promoted. Just a different time, you know. A couple of mentions here from uh, our readers. Pretty Ricky, 2007. Tom told me not to mention Pretty Ricky. Someone else did, so I think I'm in the clear. Oh, we knew that. <laughs> Can we give a sh- quick shout-out? I see Lonnie Burrell in the house. We're, we know Sex, Love, and Pain came out in 07, and he had a big oh, part of that one. Yep, absolutely. That's a that's a definite classic right there. Uh, someone wanted us to mention uh, the man that we should not mention. He dropped the song Same Girl with Usher. Mm. <laughs> mm. That video uh, was funny in hindsight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Crystal wants Ed to talk about Rasan Patterson's Wine and Spirits album. That's mm. actually a really good album. It is. And shout out to my girl for bringing that up. Yeah, that's another one. Again, we talked about this era being kind of a time where we had the big artists that were elevated. And then we had kind of those low key ones that were just putting out great work underneath the table. And my boy was doing just that. This is a sleeper. Yep. Great album. And uh, man, just. So much to talk about here. Marcus Houston, Tom, he dropped oh. one. Joe dropped one. Those yeah. are those are some personal favorite of ours. Dad Joe was another slept on one. And then answer. we've got Jagged Edge, Baby Making Project. Oh yeah, I was excited about that one. I remember being, when that one came out, and I really, I actually like that one. I know it doesn't get the credit it deserves as some of their other albums. And you might not like it. I actually no, like it. It's not bad. It's it's yeah. not bad. It's got a couple joints on it. It's certainly yeah. not top tier for me, but not bad at all. Uh, we've got Angie Stone. And here's an interesting one here. I want to bring this up. Amory, she dropped, what was it, Because I Love It? And yes, Maya, player. I've been waiting Maya, for this one. Maya dropped Liberation as well in 2007. And this was probably one of the first years where albums were being pushed back and released internationally. And we knew about it like because we knew the hype from mm-hmm. myspace and artists announcing dates and then they don't come out and they end up in japan only like that was a weird time it was so weird and i think that's exactly how i found out about the a marie album she had singles over here and it's like where's the album and then we find out it's across seas i actually ordered that album from amazon this was one of the first amazon purchases i remember making and had that cd shipped here the cd <laughs> And it's still back there on that case somewhere. And I'll mention another one that never actually came out. Glenn Lewis's Remember Me album, I believe, was supposed to come out that year. It kind of leaked or something. But that was that era as well. And then the Anthony Hamilton project, Southern Comfort. Yeah, It was like some compilation of his older songs that never came out. It was like a weird release. That one that year as well, too. That one had a couple joints on it. Yes, I remember yes. getting that and people were really confused by it. Because it was yeah. like, is this old or new? They had some joints on it. Yep. Um, and A. Marie's album. Amazing. Oh, player. Amazing. We'll be talking about that a little later mm-hmm. on. But I feel like that's one of the unsung gems of this era. People just completely missed out on it. I don't even know if it's on streaming, but what a fun record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jill Scott's album, Volume 3. That was a great one. 
That's one of my favorites by her, actually. I really like mm-hmm. that one. Man, I've got to rank her discography. She's got do. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a couple of, oh, before we even talk about the uh, the rookies that came out uh, that year. Uh, mm-hmm. T-Pain dropped an album, Epiphany. Ed? Uh, he dropped an <laughs> album, and I will drop my comments. <laughs> All right, don't, then. Don't forget <laughs> about Carl Thomas. He came out with an album, too, that year. So That's much better. That's true. Yeah, that was a great one actually. And it's got it, and I actually like the title so much better. Yeah, we'll talk about that besides T Pain. That's when there, the Death March started coming. Isn't there a great Brandy song on that Carl Thomas album? I'd say it's solid. I, I wouldn't, you know, I always thought it was pretty I solid. I don't, <laughs> What's it called? I don't remember it. Something about you. I it was a duet with Brandy. It was Mike City, right? I yeah. had to go check it out. It's Mike not a City, bell. Mike City, I believe, did the most of the, the majority of the album but that was he had some good features i mean he had layla hathaway he had a song with dave hollister on there i remember e40 was on a remix of the mm. single that was a slept on single and i don't know how you felt about it midnight rendezvous do you remember that one i remember that one definitely no question yeah that was a fun one yeah so i mean we got to talk about the rookies here and later on we'll give the rookie of the year award but i'm just going to name a couple of artists here that came out in 2007, uh, Chrisette Michelle, she dropped her debut. Mm. That's a Grammy-nominated album. Babyface had a hand in that one. Like, that's actually a really, really, really good debut. Man, Chrisette, her career makes me so sad. Because to huh. me, this was... We talked a little earlier, Tom. You missed it on one of the early episodes about how 2009 was the era of all these new artists that we were just sure, just sure would be... The like the ones that were gonna carry R and B into the next decade, but T Pain and them happening and whatever. So instead of that, we've got an artist like Chrisette Michelle, who I would have bet the house on by 2015 would be running the place. But there was so much promise here, you can't deny that. I just remember when she came out; it was a fresh new face. You know, when labels would introduce new artists back then, it was way different, and it was a, you know a different sound. You know, and um, yeah, really good album. And her sound, yes, it was so different. It reminds me of Kendrick Lamar. Before you crucify me, let me explain. (laughs) Because when I first heard Kendrick Lamar, I was like, this dude's voice is weird. How old is he? And when I first heard Chris Set, I was like, but it's something captivating about it. So like, once you first get caught off guard by it, then you just start loving it. I remember she was featured on that Nas album. And I was like, okay. I kind of like this chick. So yep. there was so much potential there. That's a good album. And then a couple more Millennium artists here. B5 dropped their second album. We love B5. I'm sure and, the uh, B5 fans will be running up in here any second to applaud. Mm. And, I, would uh, to, I would have to say I missed that album. I didn't I didn't hear it. Guys. I bet you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. And uh, Mario dropped Go. That was his third album. That was a good one. And then let's talk about these rookies here because we got a bunch of awards that we want to hand out here. But here are the rookies that uh, that came out this year. Jay Holiday, that's our guy. Your boy. Jordan Sparks, American Idol winner. Chrisette. Uh, the Dream, the radio killer. Uh, I think I saw a couple in the comments here. Tynesha Kelly. Yes, my girl. Ah, that was my girl. And uh, Asia Cruz, wow, that's that's like MySpace era. But, uh, <laughs> this is all MySpace era. I'm loving it. When I think of 07, I think of the Corner Boys. That's yes, when Al- yes, that, yes. That is that is exactly what 2007 was. That Corner was like the MySpace. 
dude, that was the MySpace era. Because if you guys remember, and I'll get into this later, but like a lot of artists, especially new artists, because it was expensive to send songs to radio, they would actually just upload a snippet of it to their MySpace. And from there, they would see what the reaction and how many clicks they were getting. And then that was how they determined what the next single was going to be. No question. I heard that classic UGK Outcast song on somebody's MySpace and was like, what is this? That was a way, that was a testing ground back then. Kind of prototype social media as far as Twitter and Instagram that we see now. Amazing. MySpace era. That, that's an era by itself. But guys, let's 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 head out some awards here. I think we're zooming by this pretty quickly, but All right. I mean there's a lot of music we have to talk about here. Uh can we go with our first award here? Uh this this is the well, we already got into it, the rookie of the year. Which rookie had the best? I don't want to say maybe we, we maybe we can go with best, or maybe we can go with the one that you enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, just whatever your definition of is, just explain who your rookie of the year is and why. Ed, I'll start with you first. If we were looking at 2007 and I was sitting in 2007 and I had to pick the rookie of the year without hindsight, because it's cheating to use hindsight, the future time, that's cheating. I would have said Chrisette. Now, it's between Chrisette and my man Jay Holiday. But I felt like Chrisette just really had the full package, and I thought that she was going to take it. So to me, I feel like she was kind of the rookie of the year that year. But hard to argue against Jay Holiday. He has some hits. What about you, Tom? Can I make a confession, guys? Yeah. I used to. I and this is this is Tom as a as just a music fan, not a journalist, not a podcaster. Oh I hated Jay Holiday during that time because all I would hear really? is because all I would hear is bed. <laughs> you know, nonstop. You know, it wasn't even written by him. I'm like, oh, it's just the dream gave him a song. And then it just seemed like he was a one hit wonder at the time. So I just hated on the dude. I didn't even give his album a chance. And oh, well, <laughs> a style player. I've, wow. re- I've revisited it years later. I'll give it credit. But I actually I, but liked Suffocate better than Bed. I agree. I agree once I heard it. But I'm just saying that just I'm just sharing. <laughs> no, be real. I'm all for being real. Be real. In the moment, and I say it looks like people in the comments will agree with me, which I respect that. So that's why <laughs> I will also give it to Chrisette Michelle because it was a great debut, and it was really a sound that we appreciate at the time and really like that album. You guys are a bunch of haters. Oh, the, rookie my the, God. <laughs> the rookie of the year is clearly Jay Holiday. I'll give you my bed story. I was on ConcreteLoop.com. I'm aging us again. Yes, you are. Concrete loop. And on that that blog, it said that Bed was written by The Clutch, which was the only reason why I clicked on that song, because I loved The Clutch during that era. And I loved the song. Found out it was The Dream after. I didn't know who The Dream was at the time. Um, But, yeah, I got to go with Jay Holiday. You got Bed. You got Suffocate. Be With Me, though. That's a great song. And his album... I love that album, so I'm I'm going with Jay, guys. I don't, I don't know about you guys. Oh, my gosh. I'm not <laughs> mad at Jay. I'm fine. I expected you to say Pretty Ricky, so good for you for growing up. Oh. I'll take it. Pretty. That was, their, that was their second album, so once we get to 2005, we might uh might have to have a little grind, grind on me music here going. Oh, my God. <laughs> grown man. Calm down. Oh, boy. Um, Let's go with this category here. What's an album 
that was slept on, an album that you feel is a great album, but no one really celebrates today? Mm. I would say, we kind of talked about this a little bit offline. I think Bobby V's album. Mm. It's it's funny, you might remember a couple months ago when there was talk of him doing a versus and everybody was like, oh, he's only got one album. No, this album was pretty solid. I just don't understand why we've forgotten kind of the foundation he's laid. So I would put him up there. Maybe Joe's album. We talked about that a little earlier. I think that's another one that's very good and kind of understated. But both of those are in contention. Mm. I'm actually, I'm going to make a surprise pick for you guys. Oh, cool. I'm going to go with, no, no, no. You'll be impressed. I'm going with Jill Scott's album. Mm. Oh, okay. Like because I feel like I'm she's impressed. celebrated as a legend. But this album doesn't ever really get mentioned. And I really felt like she came more aggressively on this one. The song Hate On Me, Crown Royal, you know, the real thing. And I really liked it. I really like what she came with. And I don't feel like this one gets talked enough in her catalog. You're right. Crown Royal. Woo, that's a song play. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You know what? I'm going to go with. Ooh. I'm going to go with Marcus Houston who just got married recently, mm. his album, Veteran, was a very solid album. Like, that was during the time in R&B when every artist was working with the same producers. So if you loved that producer's work, you would have loved the album. And Marcus Houston had all the producers that I love, from the underdogs to Brian Michael Cox. Candace Nelson wrote a song on there. Um, the list goes on and on. So I got to go with Marcus, and congrats for getting married as well. That's a, that's a big thing. It's a really good album. I like that one, too. Uh, Bobby V single sounded exactly like My Love by JT. Yep, anonymous, state, same, same production, so that was a great one. Uh, I'm going to give you guys another category here. Okay. Most anticipated album of that year for you. Give me your 2007. And mm. how old were you in 2007? Older than you. Okay. And Tom, you were older than me too, I guess? Yeah, I was 24. Four, so yeah, I was older. If you than were twenty four. I guess I was like twenty six or seven, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so most anticipated album or albums of that year, and maybe even give me the story of when you finally got the album. Like, well, I ahead. think for me, I've already talked about it. My most anticipated was the A Marie because this was the era where I was a gigantic A Marie fan. She had two albums that I love. I love the singles. I had to go to freaking Japan to get this one, and it got shipped over, and I got it, and it was everything I wanted it to be. And I, to me, I know that I ranked her albums not long ago, and people got in their feelings. I think it's better than her second album. I think it's mm. really close to some of her best work. So to me, that was the one that I was most anticipating, and it lived up to life. Wow. This may go come as, as... Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Well, I was going to say, Ed, you ordered it from Japan? I I went to Amazon and got it. I'm not sure how much it cost, but I'm sure it was not cheap. You know they had LimeWire then, right? Yes, but I wanted the C. And see, I am a music connoisseur. I want it on my wall. It's got to be on my wall back there, not the LimeWire. I don't want some burned disc written in magic marker all smudged up. I want the album art. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Tom, what about you? You guys might know what I'm going to say, but it's Tanks. Sex, Love, wow. and Pain album, because when I heard Please Don't Go, I was like, oh, man. And I didn't really like his, his second album that much. 
uh, one man. But yeah, when I heard man. that single, he drew me back in. And I'll never forget my, my job. I started at 10, 10 a.m. Circuit City, for those of you who remember that store, opened oh, at yes. 9. I was there at 9, picked up the CD, got to the office by 10. I was there. And I'll never forget, this guy made fun of me. He wasn't an R&B fan. He had no idea who Tank was. And he said, you bought a CD by someone named Tank? Come on. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. There were worse wrong. names in R&B than Tank. Trust. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, all right. My most anticipated. Is it story time again? It's story time, player. Because <laughs> this is like. These are like the prime years of my career as an R&B lover. Like the music was just sounding great. Everything was easily uh, accessible through the likes of LimeWire, MySpace. And I'm going to throw another one at you. iMeme.com. Do you guys remember that one? I don't know if I know oh, that one. No. Oh, man. This was like streaming before streaming got popular. You'd pay like $10 and you'd be able to stream anything. But oh. in 2007, who was streaming? It was dumb to yeah. pay for music, but uh, <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like title. But anyway, remember earlier when I told you artists used to put their music up on MySpace, um, you know, a snippet of it just uh, to test the waters. Mm -hmm. So Trey Songs uploaded a song called Last Time. Do you guys mm -hmm. remember the song? I remember yeah. that song. Yeah. So I was going nuts because they only had the first 30 seconds of that song. And I loved it because it was produced by Brian Michael Cox. So oh. I would play that snippet over and over and over again. And then this is when music started leaking, like songs would start leaking. But the only thing is when the leaks came out, there would be like little tags at like oh. random parts of the song. Oh, yeah. yes. So with Last I Time by Trey, every 30 seconds, it would go Black and Beats vibe. <laughs> Black and Beats vibe. And like that was just ingrained in my head. So I spent like a good six months trying to find a non-tag version of the song. I could not find it. So all I could do was wait for when the album dropped, then I would actually have a clean version of the song. So for that reason alone, Trade A was my most anticipated. Wow. Now, and now, now if we're not going by that and we're not doing anything illegal, I would probably say it was Mario's uh, Go album. And that one was because it got pushed back so much at that time. Um, he was actually going by Mario Barrett at one point, and mm. uh, the album got pushed back so much that uh, he had to rebrand it. He was back to Mario. Album came out in Japan first, where it somehow leaked, but then it eventually came out in 2007. So I got two answers, but I'm going to go with Mario, I guess. Well, let mm. me ask you this, player. When you hear that last time song, now, does your brain still hear the tags because yeah. you were so used to hearing it? Yeah. There's yeah. a, what was it, um, Jennifer Hudson? Spotlight. I had a version of Spotlight, <laughs> and it had a tag every two seconds like that. So now every time I hear that song, I think of the dude screaming in the background. Very annoying. Y'all don't know. See, the children today don't know the struggle, the line where the bear share struggle. Y'all got to catch up. I saw a comment here about Ari's album and the Rain album. Are, are, were you, and Neil, were you mentioning those came out that year or were supposed to? I actually know both of those albums, but those were both unreleased, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But great albums. Um, where are we now? 
Uh, let's go on to our next category. This is fun, guys. We should do this more often. So, but uh, I want to go into this one here. This is the Twitter Thriller. Okay. This is an album that came out. And when it came out, it was cool. You know, it was just another album. But stands these days have dubbed it as the Thriller uh, on Twitter. So last week, we gave that one to... Uh, I think we gave that to Janet for Discipline. That's one that's celebrated really heavily yep. these days. And then what was 2009 in? I think we had a Twitter thriller for 2009. Yeah, we did. I can't remember who it was for 2009. Uh, I don't know. Somebody yeah, in the comments know. might remember. 2007. Ed, who, is, who gets the Twitter thriller? You know who gets the Twitter thriller. My cousin, Cousin Chris. <laughs> look, I look, players, before you eat me up, I like exclusives. I think that when we look at his albums, his debut and exclusive are up here. Everything else is here or all the way down here. So I think it's a great album, but I have seen in recent years, it's a classic. It's five stars. It, it, calm down. It's good, but I would not call it a classic. It is the mm. Twitter thriller of 2007. Hmm. Someone said Fantasy Ride. They, didn't they say Fantasy Ride last week? Y'all say Fantasy Ride every year. We're going to be in 2003 and y'all talking about Fantasy Ride. That oh, came out man. in 2009. Tom, what's, <laughs> what's your Twitter thriller? Um, honestly, when I look at this list, when I look at these albums, Music, Soul Child, Tank, Marcus Houston, Neo, Bobby V, Alicia Keys, Jagged Edge, Jill Scott, Joe, Keisha Cole, Mary J. You know, that's just some of them. Chrisette Michelle. I honestly, I don't hear a lot of these. And maybe, as Ed says, in the internet streets, I feel like they, they're not being talked about or yeah. celebrated nearly enough. And yeah. the only one I really, really, and maybe it's just us who talk about it every single week is Tank's album, because yeah. we bring it up every, in reference to it, it seems like every right. week yeah, on this we podcast. Do. But it doesn't really feel like a lot of these get discussed. And maybe it's just me. So I can't really pin one in. I mean, Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's tough. I'm looking at the list right now. Initially, I was going to go with The Dream, his debut album. But, like, that was actually a good album, and I think it deserves whatever um, celebration or, or, or compliment that it does. But aside from that, maybe Kelly Rowland's album, Miss Kelly. I know there are some diehard fans that love that album. I thought it was cool, but... I mean, Kelly Rowland fans will like anything Kelly puts out, so I think yeah. that's a that's a different but, issue. I mean, this goes back to what we were saying earlier about 2007 being a weird year. Tom was kind of like, oh, what even happened this year? Because it's a year where stuff happened, but people don't really remember it. So it's yeah. kind of hard to give it like a Twitter thriller. I still think it's Cousin Chris, though, because y'all doing the most with that album. It's <laughs> fine. Calm down. Mm. All right. Well, guys, uh, we're almost at the end of this. I don't know. How long has it been? Does anyone have the time? Um, it's eight thirty-three. We got we got a little bit. We got more like time, fifteen or so minutes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's rank our favorite or top three albums of that year. Ooh. Um, how we'll do this, so we don't think so much is we'll okay. go one by one and we'll list our list out our number three and then we'll list out our number two and we'll list out our number one. All right gives us time to think you know we're we have to think on these ones this is r&b we're talking about um now, now i missed the past couple episodes is this personal favorites or is this what we feel is the superior quality 
I thought whatever. we were doing this, this whatever you want to roll with. If yeah, it's right, your favorite, right. cool. Gotcha. So with that said, Tom, what is your number three? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. My number three is gonna have to be. Oh, this is tough to even this is, this is tough. I'm gonna have to go with with actually music soul child's love and music album as my number three. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, so I'll go with that. I mean, I really like the album. One of my favorites by him. And uh, I still listen to it a lot, so I'll pick that one for them. There's definitely two I have above it, but I'll go with that one. That's the music album with uh, with Teach Me on it, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that was a good one. They had Miss Philadelphia is on that album. Yep. Oh, one of my favorite. Great yeah. <laughs> great song. What about you, Ed? Number three. See? Tom had to steal mine. I was kind of going between music and Neo, leaning kind of just personally, just a little bit more to music. I just play it more today, but it's kind of knocking that. Tom did that, so I'll go with Neo just to be different. But to me, they're kind of right there. Mm. Great one. Uh, for me, for my number three, it was between Mario and A. Marie. I'm going to go with Mario here. Yeah, I'll go with Mario. I, I actually really enjoyed that album. He had that Keith Sweat cover. Probably did it better than Keith. First of all, <laughs> I will drive <laughs> to Canada. Forget Corona. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with Mario. Go. Has that great Pharrell song, self-titled. Go. Uh, Tom, what's your number two? Well, Ed, I got to mention this real quick on that. Since you brought up the Neo album, mm -hmm. a, a song I never hear get talked about really is, is a song with Jay-Z, Crazy. I've always really, really liked that one. I don't know if you do, too. I do, and it's weird. No one ever mentions it. You would think with the Jay feature, it would yeah. get more hype, but it kind of went on the radar. Even at the time, it kind of went on the radar. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, Crystal. Sorry, Tom. Oh, sorry. I just got to answer Crystal here. The Keith song that Mario covered and slayed is... Uh, right and wrong way first of all you need to heed the title of that album go and go so i can call mm. barry and put him in your chair first of all when mario saying you know you're you know you're young but you're ready like mario was like 19 at this song so i think the song's appropriate how old was keith when he sang that song he was a young man <laughs> okay calm down we already talked about same girl don't put my man in that category <laughs> All right. Sorry, Tom. Go ahead. Number two, I brought this one up earlier, Alicia Keys, As I Am. I recently revisited that one, actually, and it stands the test of time. Still, to me, sounds fresh. You know, like I said, probably my favorite album by her, so I'll put that one next. Good choice. Ed? I will give Tom props because even though I have been in about that album for years, I did go back and revisit it few months ago it's better than i remember still mm. not my favorite anyway number two for me gotta go with my girl keisha cole i love this album i feel like it's the pinnacle of keisha cole she has not topped it yet and it blew me away i had two copies one copy is messed up but it's mm. cool one of my favorites of the time can't beat it you know what i'm gonna have to go with keisha cole as well for my Oof. number two I remember when that album came out, man. Like, I remember it's a great song, but Fallen Out should have been a single. Yes. You can still put that out as a single. Like, that was the song. It was it was the combination of Fallen Out and I remember 
And I think they're pretty close on the track list too. They are. When those two songs came like back to back, I'm like, this is the next star. Like I'm a believer now. Yep. Falling out, work it out. I'm telling you, she had those album (laughs) cuts. What an album. Great one. Great one. The number one album. Now, my number one album, and I'll tell you, Joshua Washi, if you pick this one too, man, we're bros for life. I know you're you always so support a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but my number one album, I'll be honest with you guys, I haven't listened to in many, many years. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because I'm in love. I'm not in heartbreak anymore. I cannot listen to sad music anymore. Oh, so I'm God. sorry, Tank. You're number one on my list, but I cannot listen to your album. Sex, Love, and Pain is my number one. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> That's a great choice. Ed? That is a good one. I kind of forgot about Tank. He probably could have slid into my number three. But y'all know what my number one is. I've been hyping it up the whole time. I got the CD from Japan, player, so I'm not going to give her any hate. It's got to be number one. Got to be A. Marie. Shout out to my son, Damon Dunn. He's in there. He knows what's up. I know it's his number one, too. By far the best one of 2007. Mm. That is, uh, I mean, man, that Crush song. Oh, crush! Paint me over! Oh, players! I will, I will find the CD and pull it off the wall. It is that good. I'm gonna Damon, do that tonight. Damon, you haven't checked out that Tank album yet? Come on, that's a that's a five star classic right there. Yeah, Just you gotta, make you gotta sure, get on that one, Damon. Make sure you're in the right mood though. It gets a little sad at times. Tank <laughs> was going through it. Definitely was. Uh, my number one here. Uh. Can we go with the uh, the collectibles by Ashanti? I'm just kidding. No, no we cannot. <laughs> <laughs> that actually came out in 2005, so uh, we're lucky. Um, uh, between that and one, Pretty Ricky, we're going to be in for something 2005. Ugh. It might be Pretty Ricky still, but um, it's interesting. If you had asked me this in 2007, I probably would have bumped up everyone a little bit. Like Keisha would be number one, number two would be Mario, and number three would be Mary J. Blige. Because Growing Pains is a great album, but Growing Pains will be my number four. What has jumped to number one mm. in these past, I don't know, 13 years is Tank Sex, Love, and Pain. Because when that album first came out, I was 17 years old. I did not like that album at all. Really? Mm. What does a 17 year old know about wedding song and heartbreaker? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Well, you gotta, if you roll with me in Virginia in 1997, you will. But I understand the music hits the experiences. So it was waiting for you when you were ready. Yeah. As I got older and I started relating to more of a song, that album became a part of my life. And Tom, I know you're happily married and Mm -hmm. I'm in a relationship too. But sometimes you just gotta remember the pain that uh, that a significant other or an ex significant other once gave you. So yes. every so often, when I'm remo- when I have to remind myself that uh, nothing is permanent, I go ahead and listen to uh, to wedding song and heartbreaker, and I'm like, I could be there, but Ed, I'm not. I just <laughs> had a vision Ed, of Kyle when his girl leaves, turning off all the lights, sitting in the corner, putting on that tank CD, and leaning out a good cry. Oh my gosh, when please don't go hit, it's going to hit very different, Kyle. Get ready. And there you have it. So that was a great one. Uh, but there's a lot of great ones here. Like Mary J, that was very close to uh, making the list. 
uh, Jay Holiday, Darius came in here last week and said, you better put Jay Holiday as the best album. <laughs> Wasn't the best, but I really enjoyed that album. Uh, Don't forget the Joe album. That one was really good, too. That Joe really album. Like me. That was, was a great album. Bobby V, another great one. Um, man, there's a lot. 2007, like I said, guys, this to me is the last great year for R&B. I mean, we had years after that were pretty good, but this one, from not only a musical standpoint, but just the presentation with the labels, pushing the singles, production being great, nice music videos, because if you look at these 2020 music videos, they're probably filmed with like a Samsung S3. (laughs) It's kind of sad, but in 2007, things were great. Yeah, and I'll say was... this about 2007. I was going into this podcast. I wasn't like, oh, it was terrible. I was pretty indifferent, and I'm still. To me, it's not nearly as high as some of the years we'll get into next week and the next week and next week. But I think there are some hidden gems here. This is the year of the hidden gems to me. There's lots of stuff here that doesn't get talked about. But if we had 2007 in 2020, I would be a much happier man on the twitters. Mm. I'm Great curious point. too anyone in the comments if you've heard that jagged edge album i feel like that's a slept on we talked about it on here but anyone who joined late yeah. baby making project and anyone who who joined us late like i said i was i mentioned in the beginning i was a little skeptical about this year 2007 i hadn't really remembered much off the top of my head of what came out and now that i've looked at what came out it's validated because i feel it's no one's really talking about these albums that deserve attention so it's actually a way better year than i had remembered so, I mean, we'll have to see what 2006 brings to the table. There's a lot of great albums that came out then, but we'll talk about that next week. We're almost out of time here. But before we get out of here, uh, you know, Ed, what's going on with SoulandStereo.com? Well, always go check out SoulandStereo.com. You can go find, throw it in the little search bar, the kings and queens of the 2000s. I've actually got one for the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. So if you want to see who were the headliners and get studied up before we talk about 2006, go check that out. Your boy's kind of been laying low in the past week or so, been handling some business. So going into this next week, stop by the site. I have finally listened to the request, and I have the ranking of Silk, my boys. Their Mm -hmm. entire discography will be ranked. Hopefully that'll be up tomorrow. So that'll be up. Kyle, we got a new additional love letter. So we got some stuff going on on Soul and Stereo. Come get some drama. <laughs> the amazing thing. What is the handle again? What is the site? So, um, Soul I, you know what? Soulinstereo.com. And I type it into the comments. You know, next week I'll put that actually in uh, where it says, uh, at, you know, I got to an ed, ed, at Edward Bowser. That's our twi- uh, Instagram handles if you want to follow us. But um, yeah, so it's going to be great. Check out Soul and Stereo. A lot of great content in there. Uh, Tom, you know I got so. What's going on? We just interviewed our boy RL once again. His new EP, The Letter J, is out. So check out that interview. It'll be out this coming week. Um, we've been doing a lot of these top 10 rankings lists. Ed, sometime we got to sync up and get you to do your albums list, and we'll simultaneously do a top 10 list of that same artist. We got to get that'd be cool. We need to do that. Yeah, we'll make that happen. Just holler at your boy. But other than that, Kyle, anything else you had going on? Uh, man, we're just going to continue providing content. We've got this uh, live stream thing figured out with all three of us in it. That's been a challenge of mine for the last year. I finally mm-hmm. figured it out. You guys need to pay me a little more. We do. <laughs> uh, but no, I, 
with with the addition of this, we're gonna have a couple more cool features that I've had waiting. But now that I know we can actually get it done, um, expect to see more live content, uh, not only with us, but with some of your favorite artists. Uh, we're gonna try to get that going. And uh, guys, just stay tuned. Uh, we're doing this, of course. We might bring back the old podcast. We might do it all. This, this is just fun. And uh, just thank you guys for your support. So uh, let's do this again next week, 2006. It's usually done on a Saturday or a Sunday around this time. So uh, just keep keep checking our page. We'll post the flyer and just tune in. So I think that's it for this week. I appreciate you guys for joining us, Tom and Ed and myself. And we are out of here. All right, players. All right, guys. Peace. You guys take care.